is Amkapadia. We're going to be talking about free agency today. That's going to be the bulk of our episode. And then also before that, we're going to be talking about the NCAA tournament and everything that's happened with that yesterday. We're recording this at about 12, 12 p.m. on Saturday. So it's right before the first game start on Saturday. And then after that, we're going to be talking about our favorite teams and how we started liking them and everything like that, as we promised last episode. So to get into it, the NCAA tournament, um, half of the first round was yesterday. It was the whole right side of the bracket. I forget which regions those are, but it was, it was pretty crazy, honestly. Um, there were some upsets that we thought were going to happen in Winthrop over Villanova, which didn't happen. And then there were also some upsets that we didn't think would happen, but they did happen, such as Syracuse over San Diego State. I personally had San Diego State. Going I had Syracuse. At, Syracuse yeah. is always, like, one of those surprise teams, I feel like. Like, I, especially in the earlier rounds. Like, I feel like in, if you look, like, in the past, like, few tournaments, like, they're always, like, that team that, like, advances. Yeah, they're, all, they're always a, an 11 they're, like, seed, sneaky. too. They're sneaky. Yeah. Either, they're either, like, a 1 or a 2 seed back when they were in their prime. And then yeah. ever since they've just been an 11 seed, it's, it's kind of weird. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that was a big one. I had San Diego State in my Sweet 16, so I wasn't too happy about that. Obviously, North Texas over Purdue, that was a crazy one that nobody thought. But I honestly think that's because Purdue doesn't really have a backcourt. They never really have. They've always been a team focused around big men. And you don't really – I mean, you, you can't really win in the tournament or go far in the tournament if you don't have a backcourt or if you don't have guard play. Yeah. So that, that was surprising. But then again, I mean – it's, just, it's an upset that isn't really surprising when you think about the logistics of, of what you need in the tournament. So, Oral Roberts. Yeah, that's that, that's the big one, obviously. Dude, I, I, like, I had a feeling. I was like, dude, they, if there's one, you know, one team or, like, one team that can really, like, you know, that's a, that's a really low seed that can really advance, it was Oral Roberts just because, like, they just, like, were just shooting. That's all they were pretty much doing. Yeah, and that, that's how upsets happen usually in the tournament is teams will shoot and they'll just make them and, you know, they'll get hot or whatever. And yeah. honestly, Liberty almost beat Oklahoma State by doing that. Liberty was knocking down three after three. And yep. personally, I was very scared about that because I have Oklahoma State in my Final Four as kind of an upset in that region. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, I was super scared about that. But then Kay Cunningham finally came on in the end. Um so that and means you have Oklahoma State beating Illinois in the in the I, Sweet 16. I do, and I I have a wow. reason for that. It's because I think that Illinois, out of all the one seeds, has the hardest road to the Final Four because they have to play Loyola Chicago wow. in the next Which round. Which is a very good matchup. Exactly, and then so they have to get past them, and then assuming Oklahoma State can get past. Um, which Oregon State looked pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Yesterday. Assuming they can get past Oregon State, which. I think they will be able to. It's obviously going to be easier than getting past Tennessee. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, hopefully Oklahoma State can pull it out against Illinois. I don't I don't really know if that will happen. That's probably the biggest upset in my bracket. But, yeah, I mean, it, it was just a crazy day yesterday, honestly. There was um, – I, I know that there was a 2, a 4, a 5, 6, 7, and 8 seed that all lost in the first half of the first round. That's, that's crazy. That's pretty crazy. You don't really see that much. So. But also not surprising. Yeah, so a lot of the top seeds lost, and, you know, it is it is what it is. And that's what we like to see out of March Madness. I mean, it, it, wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be fun to watch if all the top seeds won. Yeah. And so, and obviously, we knew that this year was going to be a crazy year with, you know, COVID the, and all that. the weird schedules and everything like that. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's cool to see um, upsets happen like that. And, of course, we're going to look forward to seeing those 
later on today as well. What's one team that you have that everyone's like, no, no way that they get that far? <laughs> well, okay, I, I have I have Ohio beating UVA. Oh in, my god! In the first round. Oh, because- all right. Let's let's be clear again. Um, we're UVA students. Yep. And Hayden, um, Virginia is the fourth seed. We're yep. facing Ohio. Never really heard of them in basketball. Nothing. They're the thirteenth seed. And Hayden's saying that we're losing in the first round. I understand. Like we're gonna be facing Creighton and then Gonzaga if we advance. Um, most likely. But, like, I understand if you pick, like, you know, say Gonzaga, you know, obviously. Like, I understand that completely. But if you're a UVA student and you're picking Virginia to lose in the first round, again, we're the reigning national champions, okay? Just to be clear, 2019 national champions, we're still the champions. We're not the same and, team, though. Um, and over here, as you can tell, this man, being a UVA student, is arguing against us. So I just hope that all those UVA students out there that are listening and, you know, even just, like, kids and all y'all in Virginia, like, I know you guys are supporting UVA, you know, because our state, and we have a student over here that says it's only about the money. I understand that, too. I but have Ohio, money Ohio, Ohio, Ohio. He And, you know, tonight we'll see. I could be totally wrong. But even if I'm wrong, I do not care because it's not even about being wrong. Like, I'll be fine if I'm wrong. But I'm just saying, like, how do you not support your team, especially in the first round? Like, how? Like, that is, I don't know. I just, I'm just exposing him. I hope you guys all give him, you know, hate now. Okay, so – my thing is, I definitely would have picked UVA if they hadn't have had all this COVID stuff before. That doesn't matter. A bunch of other teams have that those issues too. But yeah. in the first round, but they, but UVA has not. Pra- they had one practice yesterday before they started. That doesn't. Traveling. We had the best coach in college basketball, and Tony Bennett. It doesn't. The coaches doesn't. They, and they don't we play. have experience. We have freaking Kihei and um, Jay Hub, dude. Coaches that don't doesn't play. matter, Dude. but they know how to prepare a team. It doesn't matter. Of course they don't play, but they know how to prepare a team. I'm just saying, as a UVA student, you also, like, I understand, like, yeah, you haven't had, like, the first-year experience or whatever. You're just going to give that. But, like, as a first-year student, and I'm sure 95% of you will agree with me, you cannot just, like, not support your team. I don't care if you're trying to make the perfect bracket. Like, I still think – it's 100%. Like, I know Ohio, like, people are, like, even, like, analysts are, like, dude, Ohio's going to win. I yeah. just, I don't know. I just think that, like, you, especially as a student and, like, Virginia being the fourth seed, like, I understand that. But I just, I don't see us losing in the first round. And then we have maybe Creighton, and Creighton's not a good team either. I think we advanced there, yeah, too. Yeah, I, 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 th- I think if UVA gets past Ohio, they're going to go to the Sweet 16. I, I mean, I'm not against that. I just think that Ohio, it being a first-round matchup, I think Ohio has – a bit of the upper hand because they do they ha- they do have a guard it's named not James. About, oh, I, I just think you should support your team. Okay, I but more of my reasoning not just because UVA has been dealing with COVID and everything. Ohio does have a guard named Jason Preston who okay. he he Sam can Hauser. go up if, if he gets Sam Hauser if, if he gets hot though. Jay Jason Huff. Preston is one of those guys that if he gets hot he can change the whole flow of the game. Isn't Jay Huff and, like the ACC Player of the Year or something like that? Do ACC Player of the Year? Uh, do they like win that. championships? Um, we won last uh, year. Okay, you won last year because you had DeAndre, or not two years ago actually. Uh, you had DeAndre Hunter. Kia was starting. Kyle Guy. Kia was starting, and Sam Hauser is like probably one of the best shooters we have had. You know, like since Kyle Guy. All right, it's fine. That's enough of that. I know you guys don't yeah. want to hear us. I, I know you that. guys. Anyways, okay. um, I just went to get into a team that I had a surprise. Um, Wisconsin. 
Um, and that proved, they proved my point really well yesterday. Um, what I think I'm number one in our bracket and you know, the one that we're for in for now, together. halfway through the first round. Yeah. The so first round barely matters. Okay. I'm just saying like my, I've been doing pretty well so far in Wisconsin. I think like I was probably one of the only ones, if not the only one that selected Wisconsin to win. I had them until I changed it to. North All right, but Carolina. that doesn't matter because once it's submitted, it's submitted. But anyways, <laughs> um, so Wisconsin advanced, um, and honestly, they're facing Baylor now. I think, dude, I honestly have Wisconsin. I think in my final four, um, going against Illinois, and then I have um Virginia, obviously, like just supporting Virginia, um, and Illinois going in the finals. So that's my pick, um, just supporting Virginia, obviously. It's, I mean, so. it's it's not a bad pick. I think that. Like I said, I, I I always think that Virginia is going to be a stretch because I mean they lost to UMBC as a one seed I think the year before just they won Tony it. Bennett though like and and like just like his defensive strategy like and that's what wins that's your coaching and your defense wins championships experience yeah experience does win championships yeah. I agree with that I just think that I don't know I I think with the with the way that UVA has been playing in tough games this past year it's just I don't think they'll be able to squeeze it out but with that being said. We are going to move into our favorite teams and a discussion of what we want to see them do and what we want to see them um, acquire in free agency and the draft and everything. So I will let AZ go into that. Yeah, so um, my favorite team, um, if you know me, obviously, is the Falcons. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, I started liking them um, because I started watching football, I think, around when I was like seven or eight. And um, my first Super Bowl, I think that, like, I fully understood and I started watching was um, the Colts and the Saints against with uh, Peyton Manning and Drew Brees. Um, I think Drew Brees won that Super Bowl, which is kind of ironic considering that's, like, when I started watching football. And I also became oh, a Falcons yeah. fan um, considering the Saints are our rivals. Um, hate the Saints. But, yeah. Okay. Just want to make that really <laughs> clear. Everything about the Saints. Yeah. Um, thank God Drew Brees is gone. He was terrible anyways um anyways whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah yeah okay we'll get we'll get that to another day um but yeah so i started liking them um and obviously we had the washington redskins now the football team um yeah th- there's kind of a mess i think when i started watching like it was just like no nah, I, I was i wasn't like intrigued and so i like go to atlanta a lot also if you know me um i go to atlanta a ton and you know every time i go there um, you know, I just like started watching football more and more. And my cousin, um, Shaz, like he was a Falcons fan, obviously living in Atlanta. So, yeah. So I just like, you know, started watching them a lot and I went with them. And I think in 08, so I was around like eight or nine and that's when we drafted Matt Ryan and everyone's like, okay, yeah, like now we're getting good. And, you know, we had Roddy White and Tony Gonzalez. So like to go into like my favorite players, um, to start off, uh, Julio Jones, obviously, in my opinion, um, you know, number one receiver in the NFL when, you know, he has uh, Matt Ryan playing well. Like, you know, I don't think anyone can really like, you know, co- like obviously compare to him. But, you know, I think he's like one of the best receivers, like, you know, speed, like he's just like a freak. So um, one of my favorite players. Um, another one is Tony Gonzalez. I love Tony Gonzalez. Like he was a reason why I like, you know, stuck to like watching them and stuff like that. So um, Tony Gonzalez was awesome. Matt Ryan's like go-to target. He was a beast, one of the best tight ends to ever play. Um, yeah, and obviously my best moment, um, probably until the halftime of the Super Bowl in 2016, when Matt Ryan, when Matt Ryan won the MVP that year. Um, yeah, so when Kyle Shanahan was there, 
uh, we had a great offense, and then Kyle Shanahan decided to um, throw the ball on first down <laughs> when we were past, you know, we we're about to get a field goal, and it was like third quarter. We could have just gotten a field goal, been up four touchdowns. But he started to, you know, call a passing play, and Devontae Freeman couldn't, you know, pick up the uh, the blitzer, and then Matt Ryan got sacked, and Don, yeah, and then you guys know the story from there. Yeah. So he's, he's until talk- then, probably my best moment. Um, I was just like, I was kind of like sitting and watching the game. I was like, wait, is this actually happening? Like we're reading Brady and stuff like that. And so that was probably my best moment. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So I like the Patriots, as I said last episode, and it's kind of funny because you guys heard. AZ getting at his favorite moment, and my favorite moment may relate to that in some way. If you yeah, can. but I, like at least like you know, I'm just like not bandwagon. I'm just trying to make that clear. Dude, I am um, not. I can finally so, yeah. explain myself without interruption. AZ. All right. So I like the Patriots. So to start off, when I was little, I feel like every little boy does this. They start liking the team that their dad likes. So my dad is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and so when I first started watching football with him when I first started to kind of understand it I liked the Steelers but and that was until bandwagon (laughs) I literally proves my point no that that was until about the age of five or so and my dad's side of the family lives up in New Hampshire which is New England area and you know they have if you go if you go in any store there in any clothing store all they have is just Patriots jerseys Patriots and you know Celtics jerseys and Celtics jerseys and everything like that so I started to like the Patriots because we went up there all the time to New England. And obviously, I mean, I'm I'm not saying this is bandwagon-ish, but they were good. And so I started yeah, to like well, them. Yeah, well, because you were, what, five? And Tom Brady won, like, two or three Super Bowls by then. He was, like, the biggest thing in the NFL. That Yeah, well, bandwagon. Well, right. But at the but the same thing, I mean, you can't – when I'm five years old, I can't really understand. Steelers. Just, I, you just stuck with the Steelers. But you can also say that for them that they, I mean, they were a dynasty back then. They had won six Super Bowls back then. Yeah, so. but that was a you. You even proved my point. That was your first team that you started liking, and then you switched yeah, over because because all, of my the, the dad. were good. I'm, I'm a five year old kid, yeah. and so, I was a Falcons fan because of my cousins. Okay, all you, and I stuck with them. All you guys have to know is that I haven't switched up this past season when the ever Patriots, since Tom Brady won three Super Bowls. <laughs> I haven't, but I haven't switched. Last season, what well, do we do? Last who season? will switch? Then you're actual bandwagon. So you're not going to switch now. Actually, lots of people switched with Tom Brady. They went. Well, they're okay, a I'm a Buccaneers fan now. Yeah, but they're I, bandwagon. So then I'm not a bandwagon because I. Well, switched. you you were when you first switched. <laughs> okay. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay, that's. Uh, all right, let's just talk about anyway. how uh, terrible of a free agency they had. Okay, our terrible terrible free agency. I would beg to differ. We both Az and I have kind of differing views on this, but I think. I, I, I said that they went absolutely nuts here. I don't know. I'm kind of rethinking it. I don't know if they went absolutely nuts <laughs> and did a phenomenal job, but I, th- I think they did a really good job minus the, the Cam Newton signing, and here's why. This, this is just a recap of who they got. They got Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry at tight end. They got Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar at wide receiver, Henry Anderson and Matt Judon on the defensive front, and as well as Jalen Mills um, at defensive back. And then they also... They also got some O-line um, help. Well, Joe Th- Joe Tooney left, obviously, and so they needed some more o- O-line help. So they got Trent Brown, which we went over a couple episodes ago. And then they also re-signed David Andrews, which was huge. David Andrews has just been kind of a staple on our, our offensive line um, for the past decade, I'd say. Uh, so 
Yeah, so I, I think that they did a really good job here. Obviously, I, I don't know what they were thinking with the Cam Newton signing. AZ can attest to that. I mean, we both think that it was it, – it, there was just no sense in that because Cam Newton, obviously, he didn't do well last season. And it wasn't just – I, I think it was partly because he didn't have weapons, but I think it was also because he, he – I mean, he hasn't been the same since he had that shoulder surgery – or shoulder injury and I or whatever. Do, I think you got to give him the benefit. Like, I know, like, I was even surprised about his signing, but you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, Cam Newton's never had, like, a solid receiver, and I feel like if he had receivers like Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, like that, like Rodgers and Matt Ryan have, like, this man, like, would be way better than, you know, people, like, he just kind of just runs, he just takes off, he, like, he, like, throws bullet throws to these, like, unknown receivers and, like, puts them right in the chest, like, you, like, he, he makes some, like, solid throws that, like, like, these receivers, like, they don't even have to have hands to catch the ball, like, they just catch it, you know, it just, like, lands in their, in, in their hands, so I was still surprised that they re-signed him, just considering that, but, like, I just think, like, Last season, he had COVID for, like, I think the first half of the season. Again, he got signed pretty late in the offseason, too. So, like, he was learning the playbook pretty late. And it's, like, a different offense than, like, you know, what he ran in Carolina and stuff like that. So, I think Bill Belichick, just knowing him, like, he must have, you know, something in in mind. Um, And I just – I my only two favorite parts of their free agency was um, signing Hunter Henry and Joe Newsmith. I was, like – um, I don't know if they should have signed both, but I think that giving them like, uh, you know, a 12 personnel type offense running like Joe Newsmith and Hunter Henry as like a, you know, double tight end top, top offense. And if you think about it, Cam Newton's top target in his career was Greg Olson and, you know, he, he performed well and he was a tight end. So I think, uh, Bill Belichick did great bringing both of them in. That's awesome. Um, the Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar, this was what I was telling Hayden. They gave them both like I think they gave like Nelson Aguilar like two two years, twenty six million. Yeah, was um, like that. yeah, that's a lot. If you think about that, you combine the contracts of what Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar got at receiver. Kenny Galladay right now is asking for eighteen million. Combine those two contracts, pay one receiver, get an amazing receiver at Kenny Galladay. Yeah, I I I think I mean honestly, I would have been totally in favor of them getting Kenny Galladay, but at the same time, there's a there's so many teams that are in the market for Kenny Galladay right but now. But you pay him $19 million, give him the best offer, and I'm sure Kenny Galladay – people like playing with Cam Newton. Yeah. I, I, I think I – Right? Know. He's considering the Bears right now, and he's considering the Giants. Don't you think if the Patriots were well, in there giving him the most money, he would instantly sign with them? Yeah. I mean, I would, but yeah. they're – I don't know. So I, I'm just I never saying, re- like, I don't know what they were thinking about those two receivers. Yeah. I never – but I never even really saw that the Patriots were, like, really looking into Kenny Galladay. No, point. I'm not saying so. they were, but they should have considering yeah. the two receivers that they got at like an extensive expensive price like i just i i don't know and then henry anderson i think he fits well matt judon i think they overpaid him um he's a good player not sure how he fits with new england I, he's like new england kind of their edge rushers are more like hands down kind of dudes and matt judon is like a stand-up pass rusher yeah. so i was kind of confused about that um jalen mills average um and david andrews great you know, great signing. I think that was a great re-signing that they did. Yeah, exactly. I also want to say one more thing about Johnny Smith. We also saw John Johnny Smith in Tennessee. He lined up at fullback a couple times, and so I feel like in, in goal line situations, they could help out the backfield and and line up Johnny Smith in, in fullback, um, and then obviously have Hunter Henry as an extra blocker. So I think that's honestly that might be why they signed both, just because yeah they, they might use 
John o. Smith is more more of a blocker in my opinion. Or Hunter Henry. Yeah, I mean you can you can use either, either one. Or, I mean both of them. I are, just think the receivers like think about it like we would be sitting here right now combine the Bourne and Aguilar contracts to Kenny Galladay, like we would be sitting here like wow. Like I think no matter what else they did with Matt Judon, I think if they just took out those two receivers and added Kenny Galladay, I would be saying they had the best free agency. Yeah, I I think so. Too. I mean yeah, just by the looks of it. If you just had that on a like on a piece Kenny of paper, Galladay, Kenny Hunter Galladay, Henry, and Jonas Smith. If you had all those oh names, gosh. yeah, it, it would look good no matter what. But I mean, yeah, that's I'm I'm happy with it. I think that we're trying to build people up instead of kind of just going out for stars and everything. So and that's that's what Bill Belichick has done. So and I just uh, feel like I don't know. I I had like I was just thinking about this. I feel like Bill Belichick is at a point where like he saw Brady win the Super Bowl. And he is just, like, on a mission to, like, all right, like, I need to get back before people are, like, no, like, Brady's the only reason you were good. So, I think that's why they, like, sort of splurged in free agency. And I was, like, uh, I don't know. I just feel like there's some sort of panic going on in his head, in Belichick's head. Yeah, I think so, too. And it it might have shown, but honestly... I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots come out and have a much better season than they did, than they did last year. Hopefully yeah. they will. I mean, if they spent that much money on that many players, hopefully they will. Yeah. But moving on to our next team that we thought had possibly the best free agency out of anybody, and it's not really any surprising moves. It's just really them just re-signing their whole team, yeah. and it's the Bucks. The Bucks, they've pretty much already brought back Almost their whole Super Bowl team yep. that was in danger of leaving. You got, you know, you got Chris Godwin, Levante David, Shaq Barrett. You got Gronk, and they're still in contention to re-sign uh, guys like Leonard Fournette, Nadamik Sue, and Antonio Brown. So I think, I mean, yeah, both AZ and I agree that they might have had the best free agency of anybody, and they didn't even really sign anybody, anybody like crazy you know yeah and i was so like we talked about this on our last podcast um chris godwin and levante david they got signed and then i was talking about how shaq i predicted shaq barrett would go back there just because of um you know the bugs and like he wants to win more super bowls with tom brady who doesn't want to play with tom brady so um we got that prediction correct i was surprised of how they did it um so credit to the gm jason light for getting that contract done um, and obviously Gronk, he's not going to go anywhere else. Like he's, he's always going to play with Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he would, he, I think he actually took, he, I think the bills were offering him. Um, but, um, he would definitely take less money. I don't even think he cares about money. He's, you know, he's earning other ways too, besides football. So, um, yeah, I think they had a really good free agency. They might've had the best, um, not even free agency, but, and they might still sign like Fournette. Or, you know, Sue or, you know, I don't think Antonio Brown, maybe. Yeah, I don't know about him. But uh, they don't really need him either. So Yeah, they, they don't. I mean, he wasn't. They he have, was like, not, he was they not have Scotty Miller. They have a bunch of receivers on their roster. Yeah. And, you know, so. keeping Mike Evans, obviously keeping Chris Godwin. Yeah, they're, so. they're going to be in business again. So, obviously, that automatically makes them a Super Bowl contender again next year. Because, I mean, well, you, yeah. you can't count Brady out no, no matter what. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it with the Bucks. Honestly, that's, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory there. And then the next thing that we have is Cleveland. So we kind of wanted to talk about teams that possibly listeners haven't really looked into much and kind of like unexpected things that happened that you know people haven't really analyzed fully. And one of those one of those uh, moves is Cleveland getting John Johnson and Troy Hill both from the Rams. And you got to remember that. Both of these guys played obviously for the Rams, who had one of the best, if not the best, defense in the league last year. Yeah, 
And so, I mean, they really turned it on last year. I, I had their defense in fantasy, and everybody was predicting, you know, Steelers defense and whoever. The Steelers defense was really good. Yeah, too. Steelers defense, Bills defense, which, yeah, I mean, they they were both good and everything, but I don't think that really people really expected the Rams defense to um, to be to come out on top again, but they did. So Cleveland is getting both of these guys, John Johnson and Troy Hill, and I don't know, I don't know if you, any of you guys know, but last year I think that Cleveland's biggest weakness was the, was covering the deep middle of the field. Yeah. And honestly, Cleveland at this point is just a couple moves away from becoming, you know, a, a big contender in the AFC. Obviously, we saw them th- give the Chiefs a run um, this past year, and yeah, I just think that I hope Odell stays though. Like I hope they work things out. And that works out. I think. Know? I mean, but even without him, I mean, you saw that they still need another receiver. They though. they do, but even without him, they were able to succeed and they were able. I know. To yeah, I know. That's games. what I'm saying. So like, so, you keep Odell and you're there. Yeah, I I think so too. I mean, as long as you keep Odell happy, I feel like when Odell's not happy, because Ben Roethlisberger is winding down now, so they're gonna get into rebuilding mode. Um, yeah. The Ravens are always gonna be there. Um, Ravens, their defense needs to get better. Um, obviously the Ravens, he needs a, Lamar Jackson needs a receiver, man. Like yeah. he doesn't have anyone. I, I think, dude, if Kenny Galladay went to yeah. the Ravens, that would be Which huge. Is, uh, right now, Kenny Galladay's debating between the Giants, the Bengals and the Bears. That's yeah. as far as I know. I've, I've, Maybe yeah, I've, I've heard Giants. reports about, um, about the Ravens, but yeah, I, I think that the Ravens, the Ravens might, are their rumors going around with Allen Robinson. So uh, if the Bears do trade, but what I'm hearing is that they're trying to keep Allen Robinson, who who surprisingly he signed his franchise tag, which I didn't think he was gonna do. Um, they're trying to convince him to stay, um, and that is why because Kenny Galladay, they're trying to sign him now, and so yeah. their thing is that all right, yeah, we know because everyone's like, okay, why'd you guys sign Andy Dalton? Which we're gonna get into next, but. You know, actually, let's just go into that. Yeah. There, you know, Andy Dalton and Chicago, one year, ten million. I disagree with that. I was just like, okay, okay. So let me make this clear first. They tried really, really hard for Russell Wilson, which I'm, you know, they tried really hard. I'm glad they did. Um, it sucks that they couldn't get it done. If the, if, you know, if um, Pete Carroll and the Seahawks were just willing to trade him, then, you know, the bear, the Russell Wilson would be the Bears' starting quarterback right now. And we would be talking about something like way differently, but I think they work things out and Pete Carroll and, you know, Russell Wilson wants to stay. So I don't think we're going to be seeing, uh, Russell Wilson get traded anymore. Um, they offered, the Bears offered the Seahawks three first round picks, one third round pick and two starting players. <laughs> Dude, I, I saw a meme on Instagram. I think it was, and yeah. it was it was something like I, I think it was an an Avengers scene or something like that. Yeah. And it was it was literally like the bear. It said Bears colon. You know, we'll give you everything for yeah. Russell Wilson. Like, yeah, literally all we've got. And which and I mean, which is no. true. Yeah. yeah, like which is good. Like I'm glad the GM understood that because that was his. Their jobs are on the line. The GM and the head coach Matt Nagy, like. If they don't do anything this year, that's why I was like, man, all right, you guys didn't get Russell Wilson, but Andy Dalton, that was y'all's second best, like, option. I know they're pretty deep in the draft, so they're not going to be getting, like, a Mac Jones unless they trade out. They're definitely not going to be getting, like, a Zach Wilson or Trey Lance, um, you know, one of those players. So, I think, like, yeah, drafting a quarterback might not be the best option. I heard they like Kyle Trask from Florida, but... He's also, like, I don't know. I don't see him as, like, a starting quarterback either. So, I mean, Andy Dalton, yeah, he's out there. But, like, honestly, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 
I think that's, you know, in my opinion, like, I know Ryan Fitzpatrick, everyone's like, dude, like, what? Like, starting quarterback? <laughs> but, I mean, he gets the job done. Like, he, he if he's surrounded with the right weapons, he can take you to the playoffs. And I think he'd do it. Um, Tyrod Taylor got signed uh, with the Texans. Don't know what's going on, um, you know, with the Texans, obviously, the whole Watson situation, we will, which we might get into later. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, in my opinion, is a better option than Andy Dalton, too. Um, you have Jacoby Brissett. You could argue that too, but I mean, Jacoby Brissett, Andy, I just, I'm very confused about the 10 million. One year, 10 million for Andy Dalton. Yeah. That's insane. It's, it's, it's the same thing that Washington's given to Fitzpatrick though, right? They're yeah. One, yeah. 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 One year, yeah. 10 million. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, they could have gotten. And do I, you think that Andy Dalton's as equivalent to Ryan Fitzpatrick? I, yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think Fitzpatrick would be a better, better move. Better but, move. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then and then I, I had Marcus Mariota. So I know Marcus Mariota is not a free agent, but the Raiders are looking to trade him. Marcus Mariota, he's getting paid $8 million right now. And bump up his salary, $10 million. Yeah. That is a clear, out of all the quarterbacks I just mentioned, Marcus Mariota is the best option. Yeah. So, and I think he fits in well with that offense too. So, yeah, I, th- I think, I, yeah, I think he would fit well too. Um, I think that, you know, once you get that dual threat in any – and he's, like, on offense. a mission, I feel like. Marcus Mariel is, like, he wants to prove himself. Yeah. Now, and he did yeah. in that one game with the Raiders. Like, yeah. he was looking really good. Yeah, true. So, um, yeah, so that's that. Kind of surprised about that. And then another surprising one was the Bills and Trubisky. I was trying to think about this. Um, so, Trubisky, he took $2.5 million, okay, which, again, I think Trubisky is better than Andy Dalton, who got $10 million, $10 million. But the Bills signed Trubisky, which, great signing for the Bills. They, you know, if Josh, they're in Super Bowl mode now. Like, they're ready to go. Yeah. Um, they signed Emmanuel Sanders with, you know, that's amazing with that Stephon Diggs. Like, that's huge. Um, they signed, I think, uh, no, the Chargers signed Jared Cook. I think they got another tight end. I forgot who it was, but – um, great, you know, great signing for Trubisky because they're in Super Bowl mode. If Josh Allen goes down, like, they need to know that they have a backup who can, you know, still win them games and stuff. And Trubisky, I think, can do that, especially if he's just learning behind Josh Allen. Like, I think that's awesome. Um, that's a great signing for him. I just feel like I thought he would go somewhere where he would compete for the starting job. But I think in Trubisky's head, I think he just wants to learn now and just sort of develop. I mean, obviously, he's never going to be the starter in, with the Bills unless something, like, drastically happens with Josh Allen, which hopefully that doesn't. But yeah. I just think I was kind of surprised about that. I feel like he would go somewhere for a starting job. But I think it's a great signing for the Bills, especially, like, considering, you know, the mon- the, the less money that they sign him for. Yeah, hopefully he can do well there, honestly. I mean, I'm I'm rooting for Trubisky. He wasn't, if we even see him on the field. Yeah, he, he wasn't my favorite player coming out of college, but – I think that he has potential, and I think, yeah, if the Bills can develop him behind Josh Allen. Man, if Josh Trubisky Allen, was your favorite player coming out of college, I don't know what to tell you. No, <laughs> I honestly no. do not know what to tell you. Anybody, anybody out there, yeah. Nick if, Bosa was in that draft. If anybody out there has Trubisky as their favorite player coming out of college and wants to debate with us. The, the please, Bears GM, obviously, who regrets it now. Please please come and debate with us because, yeah. I don't know, I'd, I'd like to hear it. But moving on, we, uh, we also thought that the Washington football team, as we kind of got into with Ryan Fitzpatrick, we thought that they had a great free agency. Obviously, the two big guys that they got were um, Fitzmagic and Curtis Samuel. I think that Curtis Samuel is a great fit in Washington because he'll be able to take some um, some of some off of Terry McLaurin's plate, and obviously he'll add some motion and some um, wide receiver running the ball in there. Obviously, also with catching the ball and being a receiver. 
Um, and also, I mean, Fitzmagic, he's going to have to fight for his job with Taylor Heineke. That's going to be, I feel like, the, the quarterback battle of, this, of the offseason, yeah. in my opinion. Just yeah. because, I mean, it's two guys that aren't the best. Like, they're kind of not – I wouldn't say mediocre because Fitzmagic has a lot more experience. But, we all, I mean, we did see that Taylor Heineke has a lot of potential when he gave the Bucks their biggest run in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and people were sort of asking me, like, dude, like, why – like why they take Fitzpatrick, um, and because everyone was like, dude, Washington's just gonna draft a quarterback and then make them compete with Taylor Heineke, and now they're like, now just people were asking me like, dude, like so are they gonna draft a quarterback now? And honestly, I don't know. Um, with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Taylor Heineke, I think in my opinion, I think that they believe in Taylor Heineke to be their future starting quarterback. I think they have some belief. Ron Rivera believes, and they saw that in the playoffs. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick. I I think this is an amazing signing because they, in my theory, is they brought Ryan Fitzpatrick on to you know sort of give Heineke that all right, like I'm behind you, like looking over your shoulder the whole time. I I I think they've told Taylor Heineke you're the starting quarterback, and Ryan Fitzpatrick just sort of coming in there like Tua last year and gonna be looking over Heineke's shoulder the whole season. That's I think that's amazing. And that is gonna make Taylor Heineke fight for the job and keep it. And I think that's how you, that Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo. Think about that. They bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. Tom Brady sort of like, I wouldn't say winding down, but not having the best season. So they draft Jimmy Garoppolo, and everyone was like, "Oh man, Tom Brady's done." And so like, what did Tom Brady do? What he does all the time is nope. Did not let Jimmy Garoppolo start. He did not let him come in. So I think that's a similar situation. I think that's amazing. Um, hopefully you guys agree with me on that. I think that Washington had a great offseason. They obviously they signed William Jackson, a cornerback as well. Um, gonna probably be their number one corner. They signed Taylor uh, Tyler Larson, who's gonna be their center from Carolina. Um, you know they got they franchise tag Brandon Sheriff, which was great. So I honestly think the football team they're gonna have a pretty decent season. That defense obviously with Ron Vera. Already really good. Chase Young, um, Dayron Payne, Jonathan Allen, like great defense. So honestly, I love that signing. And hopefully, hopefully Taylor Heineke can, you know, prove to be the starting quarterback for them for a while. Yeah, I think I think also what the the Washington football team was thinking with this signing was I think that I mean, they just have they've they've had so much trouble with quarterbacks in the past. I think they wanted to sign Ryan Fitzpatrick to kind of just Consistency. have like Yeah, just have like a consistent quarterback, a solid quarterback that they can kind of, you know, fall back on if yeah. Taylor Heineke doesn't work out. Yep. I think I think you're right, AZ. I think they're going to name him the starter. And assuming that he does well during training camp and all that, and assuming he, you know, stays a little bit above Ryan Fitzpatrick in training camp, I think yeah. he will start. But And they'll continue to make him fight for it. Yeah, and, and I mean, we saw, we saw them draft Dwayne Haskins, and, you know, everybody was so happy about them drafting Dwayne Haskins and everything. And he didn't work out, so I th- I yeah. think I think they're just really tired of like trying to go find new quarterbacks well, yeah, and so. then just them not working out. Yep. So I think I think that was a reason, also a reason why Ryan Fitzpatrick was signed by them. Um, but yeah, ov- overall I just I love it as well as AZ. I think that um, they really have some potential. Obviously, we said earlier, I think first or second episode that all they need is a quarterback. They're a quarterback away. Yeah. From being got, playoff contender, I mean, got, yeah, for sure. So Lauren, you got Samuel, you got Antonio, Antonio Gibson, Gibson, he's you got, great. Yeah. Uh, Logan Thomas. Their offensive line is getting coming together. Like, man, that is a team to watch out for, especially at the NFC East, which is always just you know kind of trash. Yeah. Um, to be <laughs> honest, 
Yeah. Um, especially with Dak Prescott coming off the injury, I don't think um, he's going to need a year still. I don't think Dak Prescott's going to come out and just be like, all right, let's go Super Bowl. I think yeah. they're still, you know, that defense is still building and stuff like that. So Eagles, again, Carson Wentz is gone. They're going to be in rebuilding mode. Um, not necessarily rebuilding mode, but um, I think just like Jalen Hurts, like they're going to really develop him. And also, you know, there's a, still a question mark about what they're going to be doing at quarter. I actually heard a rumor yesterday that the Eagles inquired about Deshaun Watson. So that's another <laughs> one to watch. Yeah, it was a, it, not even a rumor. It's pretty a reliable source. And yep. So that's that. That's crazy. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that, that would be crazy, honestly. Like, I, I don't know about that because. I mean, everybody, I feel like, including the Eagles, has kind of put all their trust into Jalen Hurts being yeah. being the starter there. But, I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting to see because you never know um, with these kinds of things. But next topic we've got, um, along with the, with the Washington football team, we also think that the Cardinals and Jaguars had good additions, and AZ will tell you about both of those. Yeah, teams. so I think the Jaguars, um, so they signed Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde, Ohio State alum, obviously the connection there with Urban Meyer. Um, Carlos Hyde is going to give, um, you know, take some, you know, what do you call some load off of James Robinson? Yeah. Um, in which, you know, James Robinson, great running back, undrafted free agent, like, you know, rookie, like amazing season. So that's going to give them like a two back punch with James Robinson. And he's going to learn some things from Carlos Hyde, who's like a big back, physical back. Um, Marvin Jones, like a lot of people haven't been talking about that, but Marvin Jones, I mean, you have DJ, um, shark and you have Marvin Jones now. As your receivers, um, like LaVisca Chenault, yeah, LaVisca Chenault in yeah. your slot. Um, Trevor Lawrence is coming in with some solid receivers, yeah. Um, and then they franchise had Cam Robinson for safety for you know the blind side for Trevor Lawrence. Great, uh, Roy Robertson Harris. I kind of like, um, I scouted him during the offseason. You know, he is really underrated, a lot of people don't know about him, he's from the Bears. But he can play pretty much almost any position on the defensive line, and I think that was a really great underrated signing. And the biggest biggest of them all, Shaquille Griffin, um, cornerback, one of the top cornerbacks, I think a top five cornerback in the NFL. Um, great signing that gives them that Jalen Ramsey that they have been missing on that defense. So I think like a lot of people are not talking about that about the Jaguars, and I think they did pretty well in free agency. Yeah, I think I, I think they did really well as um, as well. I think that. That Carlos Hyde signing was was really nice, it's, along with the Marvin Jones signing. I didn't really think about it until now yeah. when AZ was talking about it. But, yeah, I mean, Marvin Jones, solid receiver in Detroit, always has been. And, yeah, they bring him in, and they've got three really nice wide receivers there yeah. now. So, solid. Uh, yeah, so and then you have the Cardinals, yeah. who started off J.J. Watt, probably one of the best signings in free agency. Like, I mean, who doesn't want J.J. Watt? He's captain, leader of your defense, yeah. um, and obviously great player. So that makes their defense, you know, even better. Um, they have already have Chandler Jones. They have Marcus Golden as the edge rushers. Um, I think that was awesome. They have uh, Buddha Baker um, at safety. Um, then they got AJ Green, who um, obviously Larry Fitzgerald is soon to retire um, either this year or next year. Um, and AJ Green's going to provide them with that leadership. Um, and then think about that with DeAndre Hopkins. Like, wow. Like, Kyler Murray has some weapons. Christian Kirk. Um, they got Roddy, Rodney Hudson in a trade. Um, you got to start with protecting your quarterback, and they did that. Rodney Hudson, top five center in the NFL. Um, they've had center issues in Arizona, so that's going to be straight with Rodney Hudson. Um, resigned Marcus Golden, like I said. And then Matt Prater. I included Matt Prater here. I know he's a kicker, but 
who doesn't want a consistent kicker? Matt Brader is one of the best kickers. He like he you don't really see him miss. And when you're a team like the Cardinals who's ready to make playoff runs, you can't have a kicker that misses. So yeah. Matt Brader, in my opinion, like was one of the better signings for them. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I I think kickers are kind of underrated signings always because yeah. I mean there's usually like the same kind of guys in, 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 yeah. in the free agency pool for kickers. But yeah, Matt Prater's a great kicker, yeah. um, I think. And I'll, also, A.J. Green, that was probably my favorite signing for them just because he, yeah, I mean, he obviously he used to be one of the top receivers in the NFL when the Bengals still had Andy Dalton in Cincinnati. But um, yeah, the, the fact that he's going to the Cardinals, I think that playing with a young guy like Kyler Murray, I think he's going to have a lot of success. And obviously, yeah, it takes some of that load off of um, DeAndre Hopkins. And they also have Christian Kirk and everything. So yeah, they've got they've got a nice set of wide receivers. Kind of it's kind of the theme there between the Jaguars and Cardinals. Both of them got um, good line of, of wide receivers now. And I guess to, just to end off this episode, we kind of want to touch up on the Deshaun Watson situation. I just I, I feel so bad for Deshaun Watson. Obviously, yeah. if you guys haven't heard, he's been hit with I think four or five. Um, what is yeah, it? Alleg- sexual alleg- um, yeah, sexual assault alleg- yeah. allegations by now and. It, it's just sad because – And I, mean, I don't think he did it. Obviously, yeah. we don't know yet. We're not investigators or anything. But just looking at the case and, like, I've talked to, you know, a few people and they just, like uh, – they think that, like, whoever's, you know, suing and bringing these cases out, they're just doing it for the money, which, yeah. I mean, that sucks. So, I think it's just going to end with, like, Deshaun Watson having to pay them money to just, like, you know, stop spreading rumors and stuff like that. Yeah, so. and and it, it kind of shows that everybody thinks it's – just kind of you know blasphemy and that everybody thinks that it's not true because i mean all all the nfl teams like they haven't said anything about it they haven't even yeah they and haven't i stopped. think they're so yeah they're so interested in deshaun yeah. watson which shows that they're you know they don't think that he did it and if he did he honestly probably <laughs> doesn't deserve to really play in the nfl which yeah. we can be talking about something entirely different in our next podcast that, exactly there, there could yeah there could be some big stuff that comes if he out actually and, did what he did obviously very wrong and so we don't even know if he's going to be a quarterback in the NFL yeah. next year, which is insane to think about. Yeah. So that, that that's the that's the sad thing with these kinds of things, you know. You just don't no, know. Nobody really knows, and it's the, the whole timing of it is just kind of weird. That's that's why we're saying that we we don't think it's true because I mean we, we want to give him the benefit of the doubt because yeah. I mean he's a great quarterback. He always has been, and we want him to, we want him to succeed because obviously we saw in Houston last year he. I mean, he didn't have he didn't have anything, and so yeah. if these things aren't true, it's just more on his plate. And I mean, he he doesn't need more on his plate. I mean, he he already has he the are, Texans. It's a toxic situation yeah. with Houston. So if I'm Deshaun Watson's agent, just get out. Like, get out of Houston. We'll do anything. Like, we'll pay you to get out. We just yeah. want to get out of here. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully that'll all get resolved, and hopefully it does end with things not being true, and it does end with Deshaun Watson going to another team and succeeding somewhere else because like we said we always root for success but that is all that we have for today guys thank you guys so much for listening again share with your friends if you can um leave us comments on maybe what you want to see or leave us comments on what we need to work on anything like that uh we do have our email that you can email us at or we have a twitter our email is firstdown.rundown at gmail.com and then our twitter is you'll see just first down rundown yeah yeah but the there's no O, right? 
mm, and down. Yeah. But yeah. you should still see it because of our main Twitter handle. Yeah. Like our title is just first on rundown. So okay, you should yeah. see it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so tweet at us or email us with any suggestions or anything. We have gotten a couple suggestions from – I've gotten a couple suggestions from friends to talk yeah. about Drew Brees' legacy and everything like that. Sorry we didn't get to it this episode, but we just had a lot of free agency to, stuff to talk about. And obviously – the NCAA tournament. We're going to start getting to the draft, so yeah. that'll be fun. Yeah, next My week favorite we'll time start. Of year. Get, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, AZ's going to stay up for probably 72 hours. Yep. Every, yep. <laughs> that whole week. weekend of the yeah. draft, I'm just going to be up. So. He's just not going to sleep. He's going to be, be doing mock drafts all day. <laughs> yep. All night. But yeah, thank you guys for watching, and we will see you guys next time.